This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. The major indexes are back to record highs, and even the FANG stocks are on the move again. Remember them? They haven't done anything for about six months, but now they're busting out again. Facebook and Alphabet, at least those two, are hitting new all-time highs. And I'm sure it won't probably be real long before the others maybe join in on the action. So some rotation is happening back into those big cap tech stocks, including the Fang and the Fang Man. And I know that causes some of you to be a favor again. <laughs> we get these little windows where it comes back into favor. They don't last real long, at least so far they haven't. This one has a little more staying power. Um, it was led by the financials and energy. Both of those have rallied big to start 2021. They both have cooled off. Uh, banks aren't really going anywhere, but we're kind of waiting for this next earnings size. Financials have pulled back as the crude prices have weakened a bit here. So that huge rally seems to be over. Whether or not both of those areas can get another leg up as we head into the summer, it's unclear. But that leaves us with the question, where is the value right now? If it's not in financials or energy, who is cheap and has momentum on the earnings side? So I turned to, of course, the Zacks rank to see if I could figure out where that earnings momentum might be, if there is any even on the value side. And um, how cheap are things now with a decent Zacks rank? So, of course, I'm going to go with the Zacks ranks of number one for this because I want the best. I want those companies where the analysts are raising the earnings estimates right here. And a lot of the earning estimates in general are being raised as, um, you know, this year looks a lot better than what the analysts were anticipating and the rebound or recovery out of the pandemic looks to be a bit stronger. But we're going to look for stocks with the number one strong buy ranking also with the value fundamentals. So for this screen, I included a PE under 20 which isn't as cheap as I normally go, but it's going to give us a little bit more room to get a few of those stocks that might be over 15, but that are still attractive here. And then the price to sales, I included that because I love that metric and that as under the one, I always use price to sales under one because that means we're getting a discount on those sales. So remember, for every dollar sales, if it has a price to sales ratio of say 0.7, that means we're buying those sales for 70 cents on the dollar. So that's a steep discount. If they're worth worth a dollar, we're only paying 70 cents to get them. So I like to use those two metrics and that should give us a pretty good idea of what is value out there without including all of the classic fundamentals, which is much more narrower. But even still, with just even a forward PE under 20 and a price to sales ratio under one, it's still going to narrow it pretty significantly. Now, remember, the Zach's number one strong buy stocks are only just a little over 200 stocks on any given day. It does fluctuate a bit. So it'll be between, say, 210 and maybe 220 stocks. So that's going to keep us 
you know, fairly narrow as it is, and then we're gonna put these value metrics on top. So then I ran the screen and I still got 39 stocks. Now that was still more than I thought because I thought that a lot of the value that has been out there has really seen a nice rally here and the PEs and even the price to sales ratios have gone up a bit. But the E, the earnings side is also on the rise with a lot of these companies. So even though a lot have had big stock rallies, um, a lot of them remain really cheap on these fundamental levels on the PE and price to sales. Now, who was in this list of 39? So it's kind of an interesting, interesting names this time. So again, these are the ones that are number ones where the analysts are most bullish because they're most likely raising the earnings estimates right now. Now, some of these companies have just reported earnings as well. So that's why they got the bullish, you know, kind of bent to them. But some, um, some have not really. And so those are the more intriguing ones of why the analysts are bullish right now. So who's in this? Some retailers. So that's interesting that we're still getting some cheap retailers. Uh, the metal companies, and I'm going to talk about that when I list, you know, go through some stocks that I pulled out of the list. And autos, they're still in there, even both the retailers and the manufacturers. So that's been a hot area. There's a, some food-related stocks, both agriculture, food retail, um, just food in general. Some of those were in there. But interestingly, what is not on the list, but we've seen for months and months, um, are the home builders. There were no home builders on this list. I was a little shocked. So I did have to go in and see, well, maybe there's not many number ones because a couple months ago, I want to say there were at least 10 uh, home builders that were Zach's number one ranks, at least. It was enormous amount of the home builders were actually number ones. And this time, there's only two right now that are number ones. And those were KB Homes, ticker KBH, and Lennar, ticker L-E-N, both have reported earnings, which is not surprising. That's why they have the number one rank. Now they're both still cheap. KB Homes has a forward P of 8.97, so just about nine times. And Lennar is at 9.6 right now. So those are both still dirt cheap. So the reason they didn't make the list is because their price to sales ratios are just a little bit too high. They didn't we're not getting the sales at a discount anymore with the home builders. But overall, the home builders in general, almost all of them are still dirt cheap here on a PE level. And that E side is still on the rise with the home builders, with the demand, lack of inventory, um, and those still cheap mortgage rates. So no home builders on this list, though. So I'm not going to talk any more about them because we seemingly cover them every week. But who are the five companies I pulled out of this one? Um, some are names we've heard before. One is a name that I know I I don't believe I've ever talked about on this on this podcast over over four years, going on five years. I think I've been doing this podcast, and I don't think I've ever mentioned this this one company. So that's interesting because it shows kind of a. a change in that particular industry. So let's dive in. What are the five stocks that are Zach's number one strong buys right now that maybe you might want to at least put on your short list and take a look at because they are still cheap. So the first one out the gate is Winnebago. We've talked about this one many times off and on throughout the years. 
WGO is the ticker. It initially started to be hot because the baby boomers were all buying RVs and the trailers. And so they were all hitting the road. And then we got coronavirus and everyone else wanted to hit the road, um, including millennials who were also buying the trailer types pre-coronavirus to go to the national parks. But now we're, we're going to start getting Gen Zs even buying in. And this area remains hot. So Winnebago PE is only 11. Price to sales is 0.97. So it just snuck in under the one there. Revenues expected to be up 41% for this fiscal year. They're on the fiscal calendar. And earnings expected to be up 180% year over year. So last year made 258. This year expected to make 724. Now, also to keep in mind, when we're looking at year over year on earnings or even sales, a lot of these companies all got hit hard at the beginning of last year. So we're now doing uh, you know, the lapping of the year. So everything should look better for most of these companies, um, especially um, getting rid of the COVID uh, months or quarters there. And then it starts to get better in the second half of 2020 for most companies. But a lot of these will see these big uh, gains because everything was basically, as we remember, shut down last spring. So one year, these shares are up 164% versus the S&P at just 52, just 52 for the S&P. Um, so they have been soaring and a lot of on their conference calls, I tuned into some of these and they see the secular trend continuing, even with the reopening. People still, uh, even if they can go to hotels, still want to hit the road, still want to go to that park. And they um, think that this is a multi-year kind of shift in what consumers are wanting to spend their money on. And they do have the money sitting there on the sidelines. And it helps that the stock market is at record highs because they cash in some stocks and you buy that RV. So this one also does pay a dividend. It's yielding 0.6%. These RV makers have been uh, shareholder friendly. They're doing either share buybacks and or dividends. So keep that in mind as well. Um, it's gonna be hard for them to get some employees at their main manufacturing facilities there in Indiana. The unemployment rate has been sharply declining there once again. So costs are on the rise. That's something to think about as well as like metals costs, costs of some of the products that go into the RVs, but they're able to raise prices to match that. So um, that's something that is positive for the industry right now. So Winnebago, WGO, and then I'm going to switch to their competitor, Thor Industries. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to include the other guy on this little list because I do like both of them. Ticker THO. They're the ones that own Airstream, super hot product um, and brand. Similar story, one year up 165%. PE for Thor is 14.2, so a little pricier, but price to sales is 0.8. Uh, similar story on revenue, up 36% in the fiscal year. Earnings expected to be up 101%. So they're going from 474 last year to 955 in this fiscal year. 
So just basically doubling of the earnings there. They too pay a dividend yielding 1.2%. So a little bit nicer dividend off of Thor. And I'm sure some of you are like, well, Tracy, which one should we buy? Um, I'm not going to pick my favorites because I do like them both. So you'll have to go dig around, see which one you favor and dive into that one. But um, that's Thor, ticker T-H-O. Then switching over to the retail side, there were a couple retailers to choose from, but I went with one we haven't talked about in a long time, and that's G3 Apparel, ticker G-I-I-I. I guess um, triple I's there. I used to own G3 Apparel in the Value Investor a couple of years ago. I also owned it in my own personal portfolio, but the shares have taken a multi-year dive and I basically had to get out. It doesn't pay any dividend. And I'm like, why am I sticking around in this when the turnaround could be a ways off? But the turnaround may be here now. So if you're not in it already, this may be the time because the shares are still cheap. Now, it has rallied huge off its coronavirus lows when it plunged into, you know, basically almost nothing. So over the last year, the shares are up 191%. But over the last five years, they're still down 33.8%. That was my problem because I did own for multiple years. So... Um, I just redeployed, but again, you're getting in at the cheap. So PE is 12, 12.3, price to sales is 0.7. Why do I like G3 Apparel and why have you maybe never have heard of them? They are one of the biggest wholesale um, apparel makers in the country and they have outstanding management that really understands branding and design. So they now have five key brands, which they are growing uh, to grow the business now. And, and some of these are recent ones that they've only bought recently. So um, those five brands are DKNY, Donna Karen, Calvin Klein, Tommy Hilfiger, and Carl Lagerfeld. Um, Carl was the one of the bigger ones that I was very excited. They only bought that one a couple of years ago. And so basically they own the licensing on all of these brands. They also um, own licensing on a bunch of other brands you might have heard about, including Villa Brequin and um, a couple of others uh, like Kohan and some others that you find mainly at department stores, although some of them also have a standalone store. So it depends on what kind of licensing. Sometimes they can do fragrance. Sometimes they're doing handbags. Sometimes they're doing shoes. Uh, they do have a license with their competitor, PVH, which owns Tommy Hilfiger, to make the dresses for Tommy Hilfiger. They're, they're designing those and making those. They have been in the past the number one dress brand with a couple of their brands at Nordstrom. So you may be buying G3 Apparel and not even realize it, even if you aren't buying these five key brands. Now, they've been in a turnaround and they've gotten rid of a couple of brands that they owned brick and mortar stores in themselves. That was Wilson's Leather and GH Bass. And if you've ever been to an outlet mall, you've seen those two stores at mostly outlet malls. And so they owned Wilson's for years and years. And now the outlet malls were not the place to be in the last, you know, even couple of years. 
And so they were already slowly closing some of those doors, but the pandemic has really rushed the process. So they have completely gotten out of those retail stores. Now those have all been closed. They had to take a big losses on the balance sheet recently, but now it's over and they've righted the ship. And now they can continue on with their five key brands and some of these other kind of secondary smaller brands as the global economy reopens. Now they did say on their last conference call that dressier apparel and accessories appear to be gaining momentum now on the reopen. So we're done with the the sweatpants apparently. And if we're gonna go out to that restaurant or um, you know, on that vacation, we want to buy some nicer things. And <laughs> we're gonna buy some new apparel, finally. Most people weren't buying apparel during the coronavirus, but now all the apparel makers are saying they're starting to see a surge in sales. And this makes sense. So for fiscal 2022, G3 apparel sales expected to be up 22%. Now they were horrible last year. So of course they're gonna rebound. Earnings expected to be up 236%. They um, that means from 72 cents to 242. Now let me look. I want to say that maybe that 72 cents was even a loss here, um, and I just didn't write it down correctly. Let me look. But either way, up 236%. Again, this makes sense because. Everything is going to rebound, especially for these apparel guys. I'm looking here. Um, I'm on Zax.com. No, it was 72. So no loss there. Just 72 up to 242 this year. So you can see why the shares are still cheap, even with this big rally. And these these kinds of companies on the apparel side, the the uh, on the retail side, the apparel guys could see the big rebounds this year that everybody else and every other part of retail saw last year. So G3 Apparel, G-I-I-I is the ticker, and that's the apparel one I pulled out of the list. Okay, switching to the autos. We've talked about this one before, but I, I still like it even with the huge gains. Penske Auto, P-A-G is the ticker. P-E is, is basically 11. Price to sales is only 0.3. They can't keep autos on the lots. They're flying off if you can even buy one prices are still on the increase it's great time to sell new and used and to do auto repairs because you can't buy the new car so you're getting it repaired Penske does all of that at their dealerships they also in the UK UK is starting to come back out of their COVID light lockdown that should increase sales over there they also have truck dealerships logistics um, so Penske is a little bit more than just autos. That's also why I like them. I keep saying that they're in my value investor portfolio. So the last year, the shares are up 140%. It's hard to buy here. You're kind of looking at it going, ah, it's so high. Um, shares have kind of stalled though in the last month or two. So they're waiting for the catalyst. The next earnings report could be that 2021 sales up 15.2% earnings expected to be up 126 from 664 to 748. Now this is one of the rare companies that didn't see their earnings get slammed last year during the pandemic. We still bought cars even from the lockdown. We were still ordering and just ordering them online. So um, so it's not as a dramatic year over year gain, but that uh, tells you the strength of the underlying business that they're still expected to see double digit earnings growth 
of 12.6%, even after last year's hot year. So that's Penske Auto PAG. And then the fifth stock is one that we haven't, I don't think, talked about ever. Or if I did, it was years ago, and maybe just briefly, but it's Olympic Steel, ticker Zeus, Z-E-U-S. Yes, the steel guys, several of them made the list. The other one um, that I was kind of looking at was ArcelorMittal. They're bigger. MT is the ticker there. Each of the steel makers are kind of like in a different area too. So you got to kind of look into what they're doing, what type of steel, because it's not all the same. It's kind of like big oil versus the EMPs. They're, you know, they have like kind of a little bit different businesses and focuses. So if you're interested in steel, you got to kind of poke around and know what it is you're buying. So ArcelorMittal, ticker MT on that one, they have a PE of just 5.4, but earnings expected to be up 832%. They took a loss of 77 cents last year, 564 is the new estimate. You can see why they're a Zach's number one rank. Steel prices have like doubled. So just like oil, if crude prices double, the earnings go up for the uh, oil companies, same thing with the steel. Steel earnings will go up. So that's why we're seeing all these X number ones. So Olympic Steel with Zeus, they have a PE of 11.3. Price to sales is just 0.3. Sales expected to be up 44% this year. Earnings, 808%, similar to ArcelorMittal. They had a loss of 37 cents last year, expected to make 262 this year. So huge turnaround, but one year these shares are up 185% and most of that has been here in 2021, up 115% in 2021 as those steel prices have doubled and everybody has piled into this trade. So should you be buying any of the steel companies, even though they are still cheap on a PE basis here after this huge run? Well, I'm kind of avoiding them. I'm not, I'm not diving in here because this is commodity-based trade. I kind of understand the oil and energy trade because I followed that for years and years and how those cycles work. I'm not familiar whatsoever with the steel cycle. So unless you are and you understand how it works, then I would probably stay on the sidelines with any of the cheap steels. If you're not already in them and you've missed this run up, I wouldn't be chasing here, even though they're cheap. But yes, I still include it on the list of five stocks you could buy now. Now, a couple of the other ones on the food side, um, Bungie made this list again, ticker BG, Sanderson Farms was on there, SAFM is that ticker, and one of the auto manufacturers, again, I've talked about this one recently here in 2021, is Toyota. They're still cheap, ticker TM for that one. So there's a lot of cheap stocks that have the the earnings on the rise here that are what I would consider to be pretty dirt cheap given what the rest of the market is doing and what the rest of the market is priced at, even the S&P 500. So some of these, um, I didn't pick any that were trading over 15 times and there weren't that many on the list to be honest, even though it could get there. Probably because the price to sales being so cheap just overall gave us much cheaper PE levels as well. So, um, you know, with both of those combinations being cheap, it, it, it means we're going to get just basically overall cheapness. So um, that's a good thing. And yeah, there still is a lot of value out there. 
And um, I wouldn't be afraid to kind of look around and and see where the cheapness is. Um, but again, all of these have had huge runs in the last year. Some of them have been hugely here in 2021. Can they keep up this momentum? Um, at least we know we got the cheapness going for us. So we're not paying a lot for these earnings here. And some of them may have multi multiple year trends going forward, like the autos, apparel in the retail side, the RVs. Some of these are still going to be reopened plays as much as they were pandemic plays. Um, so keep that in mind too. So let me recap all the tickers I talked about because there were quite a few on this episode. So a couple of the home builders still cheap, number ones, but didn't have the price to sales are KB Homes, KBH, Lennar, L-E-N. I still love the home builders. They've all had big runs too. They're still cheap, but that cycle is still in place as well. Multi-year cycle, bull market in housing. So it's not too late to buy some of the home builders. Then um, the stocks that I pulled out of the list, Winnebago, WGO, Thor Industries, that's the other RV manufacturer with Airstream, THO, G3 Apparel, the kind of secret big uh, apparel retailer with great management, GIII is the ticker. Uh, Penske is the auto retailer, PAG, Olympus, Olympic Steel, sorry, <laughs> getting getting carried away on, on the Greek thing there. Olympic Steel, Zeus is the ticker, Z-E-U-S, that's easy to remember. Arcelor, Metal, Another Steel, MT is the ticker. Um, I mentioned them. Bungie, I mentioned briefly, BG, Sanderson Farms, SAFM, and then Toyota wrapped it up at TM. So there's a lot going on. I'm going to be bringing you more episodes of The Value Investor. I've got a couple interesting things coming up. I'm, I'm diving into a few more Value Investor books, and so we'll see what we can pull out as some lessons for us all out of that. And then in a couple of weeks, in early May, the Berkshire Hathaway annual meeting will be uh, broadcast live that weekend. So I will be tuning in and I'm sure, 100% sure we will get nuggets of wisdom and insight from Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. They are meeting together in Los Angeles this year. So we'll be getting both of them on a host of topics. So you want to be sure to follow along all the episodes so you don't miss a single one. I will uh, be bringing everything as it happens. So get us on Spotify, get us on Apple Podcasts, get us on Amazon Music, get us somewhere. And I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify and described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.